Have you been diagnosed with high blood pressure, aka hypertension, and your doc wants to put you on side effect ridden prescription medications that often aren't very effective? If so, and if you very sensibly don't want to go that route, what natural options do you have? That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome to episode 13 of Ask Dr. Emily, a weekly podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of health issues from a holistic perspective. We'll talk about the signs and symptoms to look out for and the root causes of various health conditions and the most effective and doable solutions for addressing them. Each episode will empower you with knowledge and inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. Now, as a holistic and functional medicine doctor, one of my main goals is always to aim to treat the roots of disease so that we're fixing the real underlying problems and not just addressing the symptoms, though that's important too, so you feel better quickly. With modern health problems, this root treatment approach involves one, changing your diet to reduce inflammation and improve physiological functions, two, identifying and addressing hormone imbalances and nutrient deficiencies through herbs and supplements, three, boosting the immune system and clearing underlying infections, which is surprisingly common, number four, helping the body to effectively detoxify from all of our modern toxins, and five, improving stress resilience and stress management. And because it plays such a critical role in hypertension, today we're going to focus on stress and talk about my top five recommendations for stress management for high blood pressure. Now, how does stress affect high blood pressure? When you feel stressed, your nervous system responds by tensing and activating your defensive fight or flight mode. Your heart rate increases, your blood vessels constrict, your breathing becomes more shallow, and your blood pressure increases. This reaction prepares your system to meet the perceived threat with heightened awareness and responsiveness. And when this stress response is triggered frequently, it becomes more and more difficult to dial it back down to the relaxed, non-defensive rest and digest mode. So your nervous system remains worked up and blood pressure remains elevated for more of the time. As a result, many of us go through life feeling chronically stressed, overstimulated, and taxed by the demands and the busyness of modern life with not enough downtime to unwind, let go, and regroup. And when this chronic stress piles up on us, we more easily get upset, frustrated, impatient, moody, anxious, worried, overwhelmed, and it becomes harder to remain or regain calm in the face of even small stressors. Is this you? If so, then stress management techniques can help tremendously both with hypertension and with overall health and quality of life, which if you know me, you know that's always one of my big focuses is helping you get better quality of life. So top five stressors for, top five stress relievers, <laughs> not stressors, stress relievers for hypertension. Now, stress is a good thing up to a point. It's what gets us out of bed in the morning. It makes us want to do and be, to learn and grow, to play and laugh and create, to engage in life and get the most out of every day. 
It's when we have too much stress or constant stress and we have trouble managing that stress that we get into trouble. So let's look at the ways you can improve your ability to deal with stress so that you bounce back quickly from stressors and you can get on with really enjoying life. Number one, body work. One of the best ways to manage stress and naturally lower blood pressure is to get regular body work, especially acupuncture and massage. These directly affect the nervous system, turning off that fight or flight response and turning on the rest and digest, giving our bodies and our minds a much needed break. Over time, getting regular body work treatments retrains your nervous system to more quickly and easily turn off that stress response so it becomes easier to relax and let things go. In the decades that I have been treating patients, I have seen this countless times. Once people start having weekly acupuncture treatments, they begin to feel more resilient, things bother them less, they're less likely to overreact, and they're quicker to calm down and put things in perspective and let them go. I call this the duck's back effect of acupuncture. Stress rolls off you like water rolling off a duck's back. Number two is sleep. We do not get enough sleep these days. The optimal amount of sleep for most people is eight to nine hours per night, yet we are collectively averaging less than seven hours per night. And many of us are not sleeping well either. Sleep is not deep and it is often interrupted or disturbed by various factors. Getting more and better sleep is crucial for stress resilience. You know how when you're tired, everything seems worse and it's harder to deal with? So if you're not getting at least eight hours of good sleep a night, on average, start working towards that. Now, I've got a few tips here for you on how to calm your system, boost your melatonin production, and improve your sleep quality and duration. First, turn off all electronics, and that's TV, phone, computer, tablet, you name it, and all lights two to three hours before bedtime. If you must have lights on during this time, only have on yellow bulbs. Check the show notes for a link. Next, go for a short walk outside after dark. This does two things. It cools your body down, which helps stimulate melatonin production, which helps you sleep. And the darkness resets your pineal gland, which is your internal clock, and, and that also helps to boost melatonin production and improve sleep quality and quantity. Another way to stimulate melatonin production in the evening is to get warm and then cool down with a hot shower or bath, followed by a cool burst of cooler, um, a short burst of cooler cold water. Um, or if you don't want to deal with, you know, a bath or a shower, you can just lay down on a heating pad for 10 to 30 minutes and then remove the heat. And the cooling down from removing the heat will also stimulate melatonin. And you'll already be in bed. So when you get drowsy, boom, go to sleep. <laughs> uh, next is uh, you can go, go to bed earlier in the evening. And I know that's not easy, but uh, it does it does help accomplish getting more sleep. <laughs> Without lights and electronics, this will happen more naturally. Now, here's a fun fact. Before Thomas Edison's invention of the electric light in 1879, people got an average of 10 hours of sleep a night. That's a lot more than we're sleeping now. 
And let's see. So next is create a bedtime ritual that will help signal your body that it's time to wind down, such as a cup of tea or some calming yoga or meditation or just some quiet time with a book lit by a yellow light. You can also take a natural sleep aid in the evening, such as magnesium glycinate or theanine and check the show notes for a link on those. And then make sure your bedroom is absolutely pitch dark with no light from electronics, nightlights, or from outside. Ideally, unplug everything electronic and or move those items to another room and get blackout shades. So you want to be in like a really dark cave. That's the goal. (laughs) And then finally, make your bedroom cool less than 65 degrees Fahrenheit during sleep time which again helps to stimulate melatonin production and helps you sleep better. Number three is to put your feet up. You've probably heard of cortisol, the so-called stress hormone. When our stress levels are low or well-managed, our natural cycle of cortisol production goes like this. First thing in the morning, your cortisol level is at its peak, which helps you wake up. And then it gradually wanes through the day until at night it is at its lowest. But when we encounter stressors through the day, our cortisol spikes often repeatedly. And then when evening comes, cortisol is still elevated and it's hard to settle down. Hence the desire for a glass of wine or two, or the desire to stay up later because we're wired. So bedtime arrives while we still have more cortisol and stress buzzing around in our system than is ideal. And this causes difficulty with falling asleep and less than ideal sleep quality. So to help with this, I have a sweet, simple fix for you. And I'm nod to Dr. Sarah Gottfried for this gem. I learned this from her years ago and I use it all the time in my clinic. Elevate your feet and your knees at least six inches above your heart for 10 to 30 minutes each evening. I recommend a super comfy leg elevating foam pillow for this. See the show notes for a link. So the pillow that I prefer, that I use all the time for myself and my patients, it's great. Within a few minutes of putting your feet up, your cortisol level will begin to drop. And when you do this regularly, you will retrain your body to more easily ramp down on its own in the evening as it should. You'll feel calmer immediately and overall, and your sleep will be deeper and more restful. So speaking of things that are relaxing, number four is relaxation techniques in general. Hopefully you already have your own toolkit of healthy ways to relax and no, sorry, alcohol, carbs, and screen time do not count, (laughs) but here's a list of options in case you're looking for some new or additional ideas and inspiration. Meditation or just sitting quietly, slow, deep breathing such as square breathing. I'll get to the details on that in just a sec. Yoga, walking, leisurely biking, listening to music, making music, dancing, singing, painting, cooking, gardening, woodworking, sewing, crocheting, knitting, quilting, reading a book, journaling, writing prose, poetry, doing puzzles, going on a media fast, and so much more. You get the idea. You'll notice that these things all have at least two elements in common. They are active versus passive, like watching TV, 
but not too active, and they engage parts of our brain that we typically don't use so much during every day. So that makes them more relaxing. The key to choosing activities for relaxing is to pick things that you will look forward to and that will light you up inside, whether it's painting or walking along a river or cooking an elaborate meal, whatever. Choose activities for relaxation because when you think about doing them, your spirit says, yes, don't pick, say, meditation because it sounds good and because, you know, it's supposed to be good for you but you'll just struggle through it, even though it really makes you a little crazy to even think about trying it. No, life is too short for that sort of nonsense. And that is not relaxing. Pick things that will soothe and nourish you, that will fill you up inside while they calm you. Now let's talk a little bit more about the square breathing. This is a very effective exercise for quickly calming your nervous system. And it can be done anywhere, anytime not just an evening to get ready for sleep and, uh, and not just for high, high blood pressure. Plus it has the added benefit of better oxygenating your system, boosting your energy and improving your mood. So first you breathe in through your nose, breathing deep into your belly, not your upper chest for a count of five. Then you hold your breath at the top for a count of five. Then release your breath slowly through your nose for a count of five. And then you hold your breath again at the bottom for a count of five. And then repeat. And see, you can see the show notes for a visual diagram of this exercise. Number five, friend time. Embrace the power of friend time. Connection, community, compassion, Laughter, love, affection, we get all of these incredibly crucial things and so much more from spending time with friends. And it doesn't have to be super high quality time or a lot of time or time only with our very closest friends. Even spending a bit of time with friendly acquaintances is good for us and helps to manage stress and makes us calmer and happier and generally makes life better and lowers blood pressure. So, Get out there and make a date for some friend time. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you found it educating, empowering, and inspiring. And I'll talk to you next week.